0: what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Forecast. We are your connection to the who's who in the game of golf. We hope to make you laugh, learn, and win, and grow your golf IQ. I'm your host, Alan Burton, Director of Instruction for the Alan Burton Golf Academy, at Lake Hickory Country Club in Hickory, North Carolina. I'd like to thank our listeners for tuning in, and you can find us on TheMesh.tv and all your favorite podcast platforms, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, iHeartRadio, and Google Play. Be sure to check all the other programs out on TheMesh.tv as well, and they're all produced right here in western North Carolina. Uh, Today, I'd like to discuss with you uh, an opportunity to improve as a golfer, your practice plan, uh, how many of you are spending time on the range and you're not seeing the fruits of that labor? And we want to discuss some ideas that might help you structure uh, more fruitfulness, uh, more productivity out of your, your, your practice plan. So a couple of ideas we'll, we'll get into today, and I'm looking forward to this uh, sharing with you and, and what I see the golfers that I coach struggle with when it comes to practice. Um, you know, the driving range is, is where you think you want to practice. And, of course, uh, our industry kind of guides you there uh, out of convenience. And I want to discuss what the practice range offers that doesn't replicate what the golf course is going to require. Uh, one of the ideas is that we get on the range, we've got a, a pile of golf balls there in front of us, and we've got this perfect grass. It's level. There's no unlevelness to the range typically. And we've got our 7-iron in our hand, and we might hit 37 irons in a row off of that perfect lie, off of that flat terrain. And then the golf course is not going to ever create that opportunity for you. So you're actually practicing um, something you're not going to ever do on the course. You're not going to hit 37 irons in a row off of perfect flat level lie. So let's think about the dichotomy of, of practice versus play and what the driving range offers and and it offers convenience so you want to go um into a a very specific type of practice when you have to use the driving range for your practice and we want you to understand that is a called we call it a block practice environment uh it creates convenience for you to work on skill acquisition you might find it convenient to stand there and repeat the golf swing a lot. And the other thing that happens in that practice on the range is you're not putting any time between swings. You're not spacing, uh, one swing from the next. And of course the golf course is going to space your swings. You're going to hit a drive and it may be six to 10 minutes before you hit your second shot on a golf course. So you have to understand the driving range is not putting the spacing in between your swings. Uh, but again, for skill acquisition, uh, I see golfers on the range typically with a bag of balls or, or sometimes two or three bags of balls, and I can tell that golfer's really not aware of how to improve a lot of the times. They're going for quantity over quality. And um, the skill acquisition part of practice is is really uh, a delicate and disciplined um Uh, thing. And seriously, what most golfers will do is they'll have golf balls in front of them. They'll begin hitting balls and each shot they hit, they somewhat analyze the performance as being an error. Uh, And then the very next ball, they're trying to make a swing that eliminates the error that was in the previous swing. And they'll hit that shot and there might be a new error in that second swing. So the third ball is now trying to make a compensation for what the second swing error was. And that process goes on for about 30 minutes to an hour, uh, where they're making a new swing compensation on every new ball. So there's no repetition of working on a specific skill. It's trying to correct an error and that error and they're chasing their tail. So by the end of the practice, they're tired. They're frustrated, probably not any better. If it, in most cases, they're worse. And so that's a very typical driving range block practice that you see. And the golfer needs to go to that block practice environment uh, when it is a block practice um, approach and when it's most appropriate and develop a skill and understand what skill they're trying to develop. And what I find most golfers do not have. And this is the first skill that I would want them to work on, as they do not have the skill to control the lowest point of their golf swing. The club itself is going to swing down to a lowest point, and we in golf instruction refer to that low point um as a very important skill. The club, for instance, we're hitting an iron shot off the ground. Should the club touch the ground? That's an interesting question. And as most golfers try to hit an iron shot, when they touch the ground, they hit the ground behind the ball. They hit the ground first and they recognize that as a fat shot or a, a a bad golf shot, as they might say. And the very next swing, their attempt to correct that generally is to get the club to not touch the ground. So now you have a second error, which is a thin shot a skull or a, a top shot, or even miss it all together. In some cases, depending upon the golfer's ability to control their low point. And what they do not recognize is in both cases, the error was actually the lowest point of the swing was behind the ball. The One in the ground hit the fat shot, the one out of the ground hit the thin shot and they go back and forth between lowering and raising the low point and playing poor golf. So what that golfer doesn't understand is their low point needs to move forward to properly strike an iron shot. It needs to be low enough and forward enough to strike a solid shot. When the ball is sitting on the ground, that is an absolute requirement for striking the ball solid. So that skill, low point control, honestly might be the, the very, very thing that's keeping this golfer shooting high scores. Uh, we find that golfers that have a low point, uh, oftentimes four inches in front of the golf ball with a typical iron shot are pretty good ball strikers. Uh, uh, generally, tour players have a low point three to five inches in front of their golf ball when they hit irons off the ground. So that skill has to be learned, developed, and understood Uh, You might be working on that skill for quite some time, but until you have that skill, you're not going to become a great ball striker. Uh, So that's very important. Block practice could be used to develop that low point control, and if you have trouble with it, you know, get with a good golf instructor and let them help um, discern why you're having challenges with your low point, but that would be a very important skill to acquire. This podcast is sponsored by Jackson Creative, a custom communication agency located in downtown Hickory, North Carolina, specializing in online content creation. To learn more, visit thejacksoncreative.com. Jackson Creative, we tell your story. Uh, The next concept that we need to discuss away from block practice, how much random practice do you do? And what is random practice? Well, random is simulating what the golf course is going to ask for. You might use the range for convenience, but on the range, are you practicing random shots with random clubs to random targets and random lies? That means move the ball into a divot, hit a nine iron to a specific target. The next swing, tee the ball up, hit a driver, define a fairway on the driving range that is the fairway for a particular hole that you might play and hit that tee shot. In doing so, and practicing more random, you can simulate playing a golf course. Play a course in your mind that you're familiar with. Hit the tee shot that the first hole is going to require. The very next ball is going to be the approach shot to that hole, and so forth and so on. Play the golf course in your mind. Creating as many random swings, random shots, random clubs is going to simulate more what the golf course is going to require. Those are some ideas. Certainly, most golfers never make it to that random phase of their practice very often. Um, the only random practice they get is when they actually play. So I hear a lot, hey, well, I'm good on the range, but boy, when I go to the course, I struggle. Well, that's why you're not doing enough random practice. Um, you don't understand the process to create or discipline yourself to create a random environment when you're practicing. And the final form of practice you might use and this one's a big one, especially for competitive golfers, uh, and it's called competitive practice. What we need to understand about competitive golf is it seems more important to the golfer. When we play in a tournament, our our nervousness, our anxiety elevates uh, because we realize now we've got to make every putt. There's not going to be any gimmies out there today. I'm going to have to post a score. All my friends are going to see this score on the internet or on the scoreboard here at the clubhouse. And so it's an important round. And I think oftentimes golfers don't train to perform competitively. They take the pressure off when they practice. So what does that mean? Take the pressure off. There's no penalty for hitting a bad rain shot. There's no, I've got to find this golf ball and hit it again. It's not your ball. So if you lose it, nothing out of your pocket. And so there's this lack of importance or lack of pressure when you're practicing versus a tournament round when it's your golf ball, your score, and your reputation on the line. So those are some ideas. How do we create a more competitive mindset when we practice? Well, the idea is you might not always have a competitor to make practice competitive but you always have yourself. You can always be competitive against your personal best in any particular skill of your game. Give you an example. When you're on the driving range and you're practicing, add the competitive element to your tee shots. So what you're going to do is you're going to take your driver and you're going to try to hit nine consecutive tee shots, defining a target the parameters for a fairway might be a couple of targets on the range and say, well, I'm going to hit nine T shots in a row. And this is my fairway between the two flags. How many times out of nine did you get the ball in play? You're going for your personal best on your first attempt. It might be three drives out of nine that you got into play. And then the second time you try it, you're trying to get four. Eventually, you'll work your personal best number upwards towards nine. Your goal is to be as consistent at putting the ball in play as possible with the driver. So that's an idea of creating some competitiveness. And as the pressure builds, you feel your performance improving. That pressure that's created in your mind is really very important to try and create when you practice so you can deal with it in a competitive environment. But most golfers don't recognize that that pressure they're feeling is simply a distraction. It's a distraction from the very thought you should be focused on, which is what is it going to take for me to put this drive in play? I'm going to have to hit the center of the club face. I'm going to have to have the club face pointing in some direction. That's going to start the ball and I have to swing the club. So the path of my club matches up well enough to my face. So the ball doesn't curve out of play. So we have to manage some things. We have to hit the ball solid. We have to have the face and the path coordinated so the ball can be in play. And if you're thinking about what if I miss this fairway, what's going to happen? I'm going to make a bad score on this hole and ruin my round. You have simply distracted yourself from what you need to be focused on, which is managing your face your path and your centeredness of contact and getting a good golf swing, making that shot happen is more important. And and your focus has to be driven towards achieving a good golf shot, not what the results are going to be if you hit it out of play. So it's more of a process thought versus a result thought that's going to keep your mind where it needs to be at that moment to hit a good shot. And again, back to competitive practice. You can set up any competition against yourself and establish your personal best. From five feet, how many putts in a row can you make from five feet from random slopes? And let that pressure build when you get to your personal best, trying to do better every time you do it. And then you'll see your, your practice start to create some, some benefit in your game. So we've discussed some ideas block practice. That's where you go for skill acquisition, maybe low point control or working on something with trajectory or a face to path relationship to control curvature. But you're going to spend some time in block practice. Most of your practice should be done in random and then additionally in a competitive way, trying to better your personal best performance. So use these ideas, randomness. Make it appropriately difficult for you. Don't don't practice one-foot putts. Practice three-foot putts. Practice four feet. Where does it become difficult for you? At that distance from the hole where you have difficulty in keeping your string of making putts in a row going, that's where you need to spend time. Uh, Everyone needs to understand that concept. It's very similar to uh, the game Limbo where does the bar come where you start to bump your head? That's the difficulty. Uh, also add the spacing element between your shots as you practice. In other words, put time in between each of these putts, just like you're going to experience on the golf course. There's going to be time between, between shots. So my ideas are are simple. I hope you can take these practice ideas into your next practice and get more quality out of what you're doing and, for you, developing the perfect practice plan might require you give me a call. I can help you put that together through a proper evaluation of your game and see where your skills are. And certainly, that's what I do on a daily basis. I would love to help. So you know how to get in touch with me. I'm Allen at allenburtongolf.com. Uh, please give me a shout if we can help you in any way. And that's our uh, the conversation today. So perfect practice plan, uh, so you can take it to the course. Uh, we're moving out of the golf season a little bit here in the fall of the year. Some some great weather left to play, but uh, as your game has been, uh, uh, you know, analyzed and assessed, take inventory of where your skills are, and if you need help, reach out. Let me help you. I'd love to do that. So, again, how are you going to survive in the jungle if you lived your entire life in a cage? That's one of my sayings, and I think it's it's really interesting. You know, we we spend our time on the range. That's kind of like the cage where everything's controlled, everything's consistent. You never have to fight for your food, so to speak. Uh, But when you get on the golf course, it's a jungle. Uh, A lot of unlevel lies, a lot of different shots. Uh, You have to manage yourself to survive uh, in that changing variable environment. And boy, if you add the the, uh, pressure of competition to that environment, things change uh, quite a bit. So uh, let's get you prepared to play your best golf here in the fall of the year so give me a shout again thanks for listening and uh hope this helps your practice plan uh improve as you move into the fall of the year and best of luck to you out there golfers thanks so much for listening i'm alan burton your host and you've been listening to the forecast have a great day